Okay, well, that's the sound of Monday on the Unified CXM Experience. I love my Mondays. I love my Mondays, and I really, really enjoy having them with you, Neha. Thanks, thanks for joining Me us too. again. Me too. Thank you. All right, so I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler. For those of you who have listened to the show before, same Grad Khan. And for those who have been with us on a Monday before, same Neha, the breath yogi. And we've got, a, I think, a super interesting conversation lined up for today. So let's get ready. So I'm doing a couple things differently today. So not only um, do we have our usual sound, but there's a new sound that you might hear in the background, which is the sound of a living, breathing, active New York City. Yeah. Yeah, we are back in the city. I'm actually in the office today. I am standing in our office and I'm also standing. Um, I am really sick and tired of sitting for meetings. I, I don't think I can sit for a while. I think I'm going to need to not be sitting for a while. Uh, it's been a lot of sitting for a lot of time. So I am, uh, but I'm excited to be in the office. Uh, New York is, is uh, pumping and alive and people are running around and masks are disappearing. It's very exciting to be here. I went to a party last night and we, touched each other and we licked each other and we kissed each other and we shook hands and it was, it was disgusting and it was wonderful. Um, so <laughs> I thought I'd say that. So, uh, so I'm actually standing out today, right? So do you have like a, what's a good breath for standing? Cause often we do these sitting. So what's a good standing exercise? Let's get, let's get started with something kind of quick and fun. And then mm-hmm. we'll kind of go into a discussion. Cause of course this is pride month. So we want to, Talk about that. I've got some, um, I think, great stories. I think you've got some great stories. We want to dig into that a bit, and then we'll end with a longer exercise. But start us off with something. Give me a, give me a breath that gets me centered while I'm on my feet. Cool. So we can do something called something like a very simple grounding exercise. Mm, nice. So um, let's stand up nice and tall. Okay. Pick your toes up. Spread them. Place them firmly on the ground. Stack your hips over your ankles and your shoulders in line with your hips. And take a deep breath in. Then as you breathe out, feel that connection between the surface of the earth, the surface of the floor and your feet. And as you're breathing in, take the air from the environment into the belly, into the chest. And as you're breathing out, just take your attention down through your legs, into your feet and down into the earth. We'll do just five long deep breaths in and out. So continue deep breath into the belly, into the chest. And as you exhale, place the entire weight of your body On the surface, you're standing. Feel your body becoming a little more heavier. And just two more breaths. Breathe in. Till your collarbones lift up. And as you exhale, bring your attention down into the feet. And one last time. Another deep breath into the belly. Expand your waist, breathe into the chest till your collarbones lift up. 
And as you breathe out, feel the air moving out of your nostrils and that relief in the body and the mind. And when you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes. That's a good one. It's a good balancing exercise too, actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Pride Month. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Pride Month. You know, there is a, I had a very interesting conversation. You know, most people know that I've been working in and around Broadway and musical theater for a long time. And, uh, you know, I guess 20 plus years now. And so I have a, I have a lot of, a lot of friends, a lot of business associates, a lot of people that I've worked with who are part of the, um, pride community and who are, you know, have been through some pretty fascinating and hard to hear struggles. Uh, and it's, um, I've got a personal story that I'll share. That's a pretty personal. So we'll sort of see how I feel about that, but (laughs) you can always edit it out later. Uh, Uh but, uh, but I do think there's a, there's a really great in some ways that as a society, uh, we can have a pride month and it's broadly accepted, not fully, there's still mm-hmm. some people who don't, but broadly accepted by a majority of the population. And even, even just looking at marriage equality, which I've been, I've voted for and been a big proponent of for a long time, um, the marriage equality issue, it's fascinating to see how that changed. From 2004, when it was used as a, a wedge issue in the election, sort of very cynically, um, by uh, one of the presidential candidates, and, uh, and very effectively, um, where about 70% of the country was against marriage equality to, you know, only about eight to 10 years later, where suddenly the majority of the country was for marriage equality. And as those bills have passed, more and more people are uh, for it. So now I think it's about 70% of the country is in agreement with it now. But it is, and that's a reasonably short period of time to see that kind of shift, you know, a little under 20 years, so less than a generation. And it's always good to see that. And there's still much more to go. I sent a, a note to my, I snipped an article that I saw and sent it to my fiance the other day. Uh, and there's an amazing piece by uh, one of my very good friends, uh, Gray Coleman, who's an entertainment lawyer here in New York City. And Gray had a piece on, um, it was a, a Senate testimony. Uh, and they were trying to essentially, at the time, homosexuality was defined as a mental disease. And so they're trying to de, you know, destigmatize it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And they had a doctor on who who was gay, and uh, he was testifying that you know it's not a disease, right? which is like so crazy sounding now. But this is 1972. This is mm-hmm. like yesterday. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about this article and that Gray shared was that in order to testify, the uh, who's a psychologist, the doctor had to wear a rubber mask. And his voice was masked. You know, like those 60-minute voices where it's like, mm. that kind of idea, right? So, mm. And so that was the only way he was able to testify because if he was exposed as gay, it would have been uh, the end of his career and, you know, potentially disbarment or not, whatever, not disbarment, delicensing or whatever would happen to him. So that, which is pretty extreme mm-hmm. and pretty recent to where we are today we've made a lot of progress but there's still a lot of progress to make 
And I'll, I'll have one more story, then I'll kind of like get your thoughts. Um, that's not, this one's not about me yet. So I'll just, just another friend of mine who was, um, and she was, it was the beginning of Pride Month, you know, a couple weeks ago. And she was like, it's cool that companies are all excited about celebrating Pride Month. And we were in a, a mall and we were, uh, there were uh, almost every retail store had something to do with Pride Month going on. And from the clothes they were displaying to uh, Lego's got a really a great thing that they brought out. Uh, and uh, it's, everyone's got something going on. And she said, this great. And it's like, it's good to see the affirmation. But she said, the problem is I'm still going to be gay next month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not, you can't just like, I said, I'm, in fact, I'm going to be gay all year. I, I'm not going to be just gay this month. And so companies need to have this approach and this philosophy year round, mm-hmm. not just, you know, for a one month a year. And I thought it was an interesting, you know, potentially slightly cynical, but also fairly accurate way of thinking about it, that the step forward is that we celebrate and talk about it. That is a mm-hmm. step forward. There's no mm-hmm. question. But the step backward is that we have to celebrate and talk about it. And it's not just part of how we operate and just treat everyone as a human being. Because uh, we're all just human beings. We're not here for a very long time. We're all just trying to get through this thing. You know, like none of us make it out alive. I just kind of put it that way. <laughs> and we're just trying to get through this the best we can. Um, but, you know, the, the, the amount of excitement that people have about other people's, you know, desires is just, for me, I think, quite frankly, quite bizarre. And uh, I don't really understand it. But uh, let's let's kind of move on to you, Neha. Here are your thoughts. And let's mm-hmm. uh, sort of continue to uh, embrace the humanity that makes us all special. Yeah, no, I, I um, first of all, like the way you're standing is really throwing me off. It's kind of like okay. weird. I can see your teeth, the close-up of your well, big you, teeth. I was yeah, like, okay, well, he does just, floss. Does just, he floss? <laughs> I am a big flosser. I floss with every brush. <laughs> but anyway, uh, to your point, actually, um, maybe we need to edit that part out. But um, this is a pre- no, no, pretty... No, leave that in, Randy. Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a pretty serious topic, but actually... Oh God, <laughs> was that your eye? <laughs> oh Staring man, you, <laughs> you're like a green brown eyes. You got lizard yeah, nice eyes. eyes right? Yeah, you got pretty eyes. They are nice. They're nice eyes. They're nice eyes. So my girlfriend uh, says my eyes are my best feature. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. I think your best. Eyes, but, I think yeah. your best feature is your generosity and your kindness, and you've got this amazing oh, okay. like child side. You know, you've got this wonder aspect about your personality which i find very endearing but anyway not everybody likes that but i hear you (laughs) well i like it i i I appreciate it like you gotta you gotta have wonder in your life right otherwise it's yeah it is wonderful though and i mean life is crazy (laughs) <laughs> like the fact that we're all like doing this right now. I know, like, like you have your nostrils in, like I'm talking to Grads. Nostrils, and now like, I'm talking to his left eye. <laughs> and now I'm talking to his right jaw. Upper we're going to have to come up with a new right. microphone solution here. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So coming back to Pride, I think it is, you know, two, three things. Like it's a very serious issue. I uh, This is very personal for me. I have a very dear friend who's going through something like this, and I'm not going to name them, but, you know, you mentioned all the laws in the US and there's been pretty significant progress, but in India, it only became legal in 2018. 
Wow. So add to that, it, it, it's this person is not is avoiding meeting for three weeks. Then last four days, I'm like texting them. They're not answering. So I was like, okay, this is not like this person. And so I show up to their house and fair enough, hasn't gotten out of bed for three days, hasn't eaten a thing. Like the thought of even speaking about it and how to tell my parents about this, because every time they're on the phone with their parents, they're like, oh, you're marriageable age. Let's get you married. They don't even know how to approach this. So they're now stopping mm-hmm. like they, 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 they've stopped talking to their parents and they're pretty close to their parents, you know. So it's this deep sense of loss and self-blame that there's something wrong with me. So I, 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 it's hard to see them suffering. And this is a brilliant person, like a genius. is doing some amazing stuff with Apple and everything. Like I knew that they were going through a tough time. So I think it's really this whole sense of identity and it's hard to go through that. So I, I just, to whoever is listening, you know, if you're, if you are or somebody you love is going through this, uh, you know, we've got to treat them with a lot of love and acceptance and enable them to kind of like uh, see that they're human and treat them as human before whatever preference It's like, a, you know, it's a we're human beings before we are male, female or whatever. So um, I think it's 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 a pretty serious threat. And actually, uh, LGBTQ. Q of folks are 40%, look, three, sorry, three times more likely to suffer from, um, uh, you know, mental health condition than, um, heterosexual, uh, folks. So it's a pretty serious thing and, and it's very hard and agonizing to go through it. So I just want to acknowledge that uh, it's not easy. And if you're going through this, please, you know, uh, seek help and, seek, um, you know, create a support system for yourself. However, what I also want to talk to you about is I remember you talking to me or whatever, we were discussing some aspect of wellness programs. And I remember you brought up that there is no wellness program usually in companies that sort of addresses sexual health, right? Mm, Yes. And so I was doing my research on this topic and I don't know if you've heard of this ancient text, okay? It's an ancient Vedic text. It's called the Kama Sutra. Of course, yeah. No, but the way it's been, you know, sort of the entertainment industry, you know, just took one aspect of it and, you know, whatever blew it up. But in its purity, it talks about male, female and everything in between. And it's not just about the physical intimacy part. It's about how do you choose a proper partner? How do you... How do you behave when you love someone? It's an entire text on how to have proper relationships. And there, there, this whole system of, okay, if you, if you're a male and you identify as a female, then here are the things you should not do. And here are the things you should do. And it talks about all of those things. And Yes, you know, we picked one part part of it and made it like, you know, the same thing's happening with yoga, right? Like we we've just people just think yoga is stretching or in some pose, but there's so much more to yoga. So similarly, there's so much more to Kama Sutra. So so apparently you were talking about the 1970s, but this Kama Sutra text is thousands of years old. 
So this is not the first right. time that, you know, or this is not the time that all of a sudden there's this huge set of people who are now identifying as someone that they're not born as. This has been, oh, yeah. this has been there since time immemorial. And I, my personal opinion on the matter is it's just that, you know, when organized religion, there's an aspect of organized religion which believes in controlling and things that they don't understand or that don't conform, uh, there's phobia, you know, and there's phobia around it. And now you have a section that doesn't fit into the norm. So obviously it's wrong, right? But I, I also just want to say that everything is normal. It is who you are. And the, the, great, uh, the greatest battle is in the mind. You know, the greatest battle is in the mind like yesterday I was on a, you know, I had someone on my wellness break who was like, I tried for the longest time to not to conform to the gender I was born with. And can you just imagine like, like showing up and trying to be someone you're not like that must be suffocating. So I think the struggle is very real. And um, uh, I think we we, 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 we all have to pay a pl- part in you know, sort of just getting back to the foundation that we're all humans and everybody deserves to be treated with respect and should have, you know, should have the freedom to choose the way they want to live their life. Right. I mean, the thing about humans is that none of us look the same. Like, mm-hmm. none of us look the same. I mean, people will talk about, I saw someone who looks like you the other day, but that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Like the whole doppelganger thing is very rare. So we're all quite unique in the way that we look. We're all quite unique in the way that we think. And we're all quite unique in the way that we act. You put 10 humans in a room and you get sort of 10 things going on. So why shouldn't we be unique in the way that we approach our sexuality? And, and quite frankly, the spectrum on both sides is pretty broad. Mm-hmm. I, think the other, I think the other really mistake, the huge mistake in my mind, is this, like, this kind of binary set of relationships that are set up. And I think everyone's on a very broad spectrum, and there's all sorts of different kinds of behavior. And by not recognizing that, everyone thinks, oh, there's something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just a human being, and you're just like, that's the way you are. Mm-hmm. And, and the trick in life is to find somebody who matches you. They may not be the same as you, but find someone who fits with you. I think that the bigger challenge in life is to surround yourself with people who share the same values, share the same identity, uh, or, uh, you know, kind of connect with your identity mm-hmm. and sort of share the same moments. Like it's how do we go through life with each other in a way that is, is healthy and supportive and forgiving and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that I think where we were going and I was, it was an interesting discussion we had. This was quite a while ago now that we're talking about that. But I did think it's funny that all these corporate wellness programs, and I've you know, had a chance to experience many of them, they talk about all these things you should do in your life mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like sleeping well and eating well and working out and fitness and all these other kinds of things. And there's nary a mention made of anything to do with sex, which is a pretty big part of life mm-hmm. and, and can be a really big problem. And so, and I, I've always thought that that was like, I know I get that people are jumpy about it, but if you don't talk about it, you're really not actually talking about the whole person. 
And where I, uh, I think the, your 70s comment was that there was a period of time, and this is, I was obviously a lot younger at this point in time, but in the 1970s, there was a, a, a strong movement to be more accepting. And although it did a lot of things incorrectly, Playboy was actually a really early precursor to sort of breaking down mm. some of the sexual sort of hangups that people had in the 1950s. Uh, that, but that it, it became, was overly exploitive and it was too misogynist, but it, it did have sort of, some of the thinking was in the right direction. But there was a book that came out in the early 70s called The Joy of Sex. And it was kind of a takeoff on The Joy of Cooking, which is sort of the, the classic cookbook mm -hmm. uh, of the early 70s as well. And The Joy of Sex actually talks about the Kama Sutra a lot. And in the way that you talked about it a second ago. And the idea was, and it was like, hey, if this is on a spectrum, there's lots of different things. People like to look at things in different ways. Um, and here's a bunch of recipes. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But that is really, it's really, I think maybe potentially pornography has changed it. So we don't view sex as sort of, we view it in a very different way than we used to view it, where it was, you know, between two people or you know, three people or four people or five people, who cares? Mm -hmm. It was between people. Uh, and uh, we, it's kind of become something that's a little bit, uh, dirty and forbidden and people sort of are unwilling to talk about it. And so I think that extends to everything to do with pride mm -hmm. because pride is tied, not just solely, but tied tightly to sexual identity. And because we're so hung up on sex in the first place and seem to be super curious. I mean, the thing that's fascinating to me is that we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to put it in any kind of, you know, programs or, you know, be part of any stuff we talk about during the day. But everyone gets really wound around the axle on what your preferences are, which is like, yeah. you know, yeah. like none of your business. Like, you know, leave me alone. And I think that's that is like a very interesting part of the human condition. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we fix that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the way I think about it is like somewhere the um, understanding has become very limited. See, everything in this universe is born out of sex, right? Like it's a creative it's not dirty. Like you are here because, you know, uh, it's create yeah. two energies sort of uh, amalgamated to create, you know, who I am, every single person. So it's, it's in that form, it's almost like you, if you look at it, procreation is one of the most basic instinct of any species, right? To continue life, procreation is a function. But if the if it's overtly focused on, if you indulge in pleasure too much, of course, then <clears throat> then that's when it gets excess of anything is bad, right? Now you're into pornography or you know sex trafficking, and then there's no end to it. Like you know you can be, um, it, it's kind of exciting, it's entertaining. But I think if we can just step back and be like, hey, you know, I wouldn't be here if my parents didn't sort of come together okay this is not something bad this is the way life is created on earth okay this is not just in human beings like every species procreates that's how we continue for generations right so it's not a bad thing it's sex is an energy and um and, and there's a function to it yeah i do think that at the root of it the procreation piece is a bit of a problem when it comes to Pride Month. Let me come back to that in a mm -hmm. second. But the, uh, I mean, dude, there's this kind of very funny, I heard this a long time ago, but 
sort of like, it's not really a joke, but it's kind of a funny saying, which is they say that, that life is a sexually transmitted disease that's uh, 100% fatal. <laughs> <laughs> it is 100% fatal. <laughs> so, yeah, 100% fatal, right? So, but I do think that sometimes where people tend to get wrapped around the axle a bit is when, what is, I think, unique about humans is that we can enjoy sex because it creates connection. And, and sex is not just for procreation. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I, I actually very strong believer that sex is a huge part of how you create intimacy and connection with another person or again, or persons like whatever that happens mm -hmm. to be. Uh, the kind of strict focus on procreation, I think is where people start to get into like that. Well, it has to be a man and a woman and it has to be because they're creating a baby and it's because they're married and they get into this very, like, it's about procreating the species and all other sex is bad. And that actually happened. You know, the, a lot of the, religions that sort of spewed out of Europe in the uh, sort of the, the mid middle ages and forward um, became so hardcore on procreation, even down to prescribing that sex shouldn't be pleasurable for women because, uh, you know, it's, it wasn't necessary for procreation uh, became a real problem. And I think it's this kind of move back to sex is something that humans do with each other as a way of connecting and you know me, I'm all about connecting, mm -hmm. right? It's like, how do we connect with each other? How do we bring down barriers? Uh, I think that is the part where a lot of people are maybe a little sideways. And honestly, I mean, we should, like, if we just had more, if people had more sex, a lot of problems would be solved. Like this whole G7 summit, they should just take their clothes <laughs> off and just go for it, you know? And like, you know, it just, like, it gets hard to argue, right? It gets hard to argue. There's a lot of things go away. Like, you know, I don't know. Putin and what's your figure? We just like, get them going. Like just, just everyone get in the pit and have some fun. Right? I bet a lot of world problems would be solved really quickly and things would be a lot more fun around here. So I think it's when we make it dirty and when we make it kind of weird and when we make it just about procreation or we make, are we getting all this judgy stuff going on? That's when, that's when it starts to get into the dark and starts to go into the closet. And that's when things start to get strange. And that's when people sort of feel somehow empowered to make a comment on someone else's sexuality, which is the the source of a lot of the a lot of the issues that are faced by the uh, LGBTQ plus community. And you know, for me, what was interesting is that when I was growing up, and I'm a little bit of an unusual um, bird, and I kind of get that. And it's taken a long time for me to understand that I I have I am slightly eccentric. Although I don't feel eccentric, but I am. I've had enough people tell me that I am that I. I accept that there's some element of eccentricity in my personality that I don't know. I don't understand mm -hmm. it, but it seems to sometimes irritate people. Um, but when I was growing up in school, you can imagine what school is like for me. Right. And uh, it was not fun. It was not fun at all. And I ended up, especially in high school, I ended up becoming like the designated gay kid in the school. I wasn't gay, you know, not, not, not a problem, but I, it hadn't happened to be gay, but that's how I got characterized. Mm. And, and, the entire, like, it was brutal. Like, the beatings and the mock. It was like, oh I can't God. even. I actually have bonded. I have a, I have a lot, of, just because of my, uh, my sort of other life, I have a lot of gay friends. And we often can bond over our high school experiences because they went through the same thing. And they were actually gay. Uh, oh, God. They, were, they weren't maybe gay yet. Or, but it was, it was amazing. Mm. And, and so I have a very high level 
of sort of um, sympathy for what it's like when everyone turns against you. And the interesting thing for me is that what was always so puzzling to me was why was everyone so excited about what I did or didn't like? Mm. And why was that something that made them feel they could hit me? Or, I mean, my my right knee was it was deep, badly damaged because of this, right? Like, I haven't really walked properly since high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, there's a, it's a very interesting how cruel people can be about these things. And, uh, and I tell you, everyone's got their weird. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's got their weird. Okay, so don't, don't be like all pretending that you're like, everyone's got something. Okay, and, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to yeah. know. I don't need to know what it is. I don't really care. But like, let me be my weird. You be your weird. And, you know, maybe we can be friends. Maybe we can't be friends. That's okay, too. Because I got lots of people that can be friends with me. And we go on from there. And I do think that um, the amount of persecution and the amount of just just raw hatred that's focused at people just because they choose to love a little bit differently from the way people are typically supposed to and I'm not even sure, like the, like I said, there's a large spectrum here. I'm not even sure the people that are particular say that they're, well, they call them straight, say that they're straight, really are as straight mm. as they think they are. And quite frankly, I actually I sometimes think the people that, like, the more you protest about something, I have a, an emerging philosophy that when I see someone really get upset about things, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, so wound up about that because... It's like not not every time, but often uh, it turns out that, you know, that's something that they are fighting themselves. And so I I just think we I think the, the repression of sexual thought and discussion and our inability to talk about it in schools and with each other and in the workplace leads to all this other negative behavior. And at the end of the day, you know, we're just people. We're just trying to get through life. And we're all going to be dead in a very short period of time. So, like, you know, don't worry about it. Because you know what? You're going to be gone pretty soon. So you might as well just enjoy the time you got and try to have make something out of it. Make an impact. Leave something behind. And don't leave hatred behind. Leave all love behind. You know, leave something behind that people remember you in a positive way. Don't think, well, that's a person who really learned how to hate a lot of people because they didn't like to sleep with the kind of people he liked to sleep with. Think about yourself as someone who made a difference in people's lives, who made lives easier, mm. who made lives fun. Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it be- better. But first of all, you know, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that. It, I can't imagine. No, I'm okay. Don't I'm, worry. I'm I can't fine. imagine I'm that, fine. That, that. Like that screws people it's up. Yeah, like your knee is still giving you issues. Well, that's why. I mean, you know, that's. Well, you made a, you made a comment about, um, you know, mental yeah. challenges and sort of mental health at the beginning. Um, and I think where that can sort of be dangerous is that um, often people use that statistic, that statistic to um, mischaracterize people in the LGBTQ plus community as being like mentally unstable. And this goes back to the not very long ago mm. point of view, which was that homosexuality, um, specifically this is the way they phrased it, right? So I'm using the words of the time, that homosexuality was a mental disease. That was... That was on the books of the American Psychology Association. And so, and that's within kind of our lifetime. So that carries through even to today. 
And so I think where you have to be careful with that stat is the reason that mental health is challenging is because of the persecution, because of the ostracization, because of the way families treat them, because of the way workers treat them, co-workers, because of simple challenges like I'm trying to get, you know, my, I want my partner to be on my insurance mm. at work. Uh, like all these sort of basic issues um, make it hard to be as healthy mentally as you'd want to be. Not, it's not because you're Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally right? agree. It's the, it's the fact that society yeah. has got this head completely upside down on this thing and they can't and can't really wrap it around properly. It's the society's hangups mm. that are creating challenges for people that are just trying to live their mm. lives, just trying to love who they want to love. And honestly, just trying to find someone that they can go or somebody's that they can go through life with. And, uh, and you know. Yeah, like anybody would have mental health challenges if they're getting beaten in school, you know. Or they're getting thrown out. Of, oh, know? yeah, I was a yeah. mess. I was a mess yeah. getting out of school. Yeah, but after I left high school, I literally spent the next year, the first year of university, I spent that first year training myself to look people in the eye again. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't look people in the eye, like just all sorts of crazy shit. Like it's a it, it it like constant nonstop persecution has a horrible impact on people, and uh, and you know irregardless of you know who you want to yeah. love. Yeah. So that's kind of like so like, yeah. like so I guess net net you know going up my friend's comment, which is I'll still be gay next month. You know I think it's really good that we're able to talk about Pride Month and that we have it. I think it'll be amazing when we don't need to talk about it anymore. That we're able to have, you know, discussions as humans, and we we can look back at this time with almost like, almost like a wonderment of like, how is it possible that could people behave that way? Like, I, I, I want us to get to a point where it seems in, unconscionable and unthinkable that we would discriminate against people because of who they want to love. Uh, that just is bananas. And and until that happens, we're going to have to have Pride Month. But we'll we'll know we've really gotten somewhere when we when then we don't need to have Pride Month anymore because we all just celebrate our humanness together. Yeah, I like that. But I, from where I'm sitting, it's like a two way sword, right? Like we we want to get there where everything's normal, nobody needs to talk about Pride Month. But at the same time, it's like for people who are going through that identity change, that identity, you know, sort of crisis or whatever, they're figuring who they are. are Last week I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, they just, they've, they've not come out at work. They just overheard some of their colleagues say who were discussing this whole issue. And this person was just overhearing. And this person then shared that I know how they think about it. I've overheard them. And it's just like, like, you know, they're struggling with speak, like showing up who, as who they really are. So yes, we want to get to a point where we don't talk, we don't need to have a pride month. But I think this is like an a necessary sort of educational phase where people have to realize that on a very, very fundamental level, people fear what they don't understand. And this whole organized religion out of Europe in the, you know, the era that you talked about was really about a lot of control, you know, controlling people. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. of course, if you don't conform, then you're bad, then you're sinful. Okay. So that we've got to, those are outdated belief systems that don't serve us anymore. And we've just got to get rid of them, but we have to understand that they've been passed down generation after generation, because you know what, like one of the ways we think 
what is truth is if it's written in a textbook right like if because it's written in a textbook it's true and i think it's a very interesting and a beautiful time for humanity where we have this opportunity to actually let go of those outdated beliefs and all of those beliefs are an interpretation by someone at different points in history so i could not agree with you more and i thank you for like putting that whole mental health piece in perspective mental health is challenging not because they're gay but because of the way the the support system just vanishes you know like the support system just vanishes right right can yeah. be really challenging and i would say that uh just to be also clear from a perspective standpoint i don't i think this is going to take 100 years like so i'm like 100 years from now i'll be disappointed if we are still having to have uh pride month i would hope we would have evolved but i don't think it happens overnight i think or even in a generation i think it's a multi-generation change mm. that's at least a century away uh this is going to take a while but the good thing and the thing that could potentially accelerate it a bit but not not less than 50 years is that we do live in a time where we are connected in a way we like we've never been connected before we're all almost all of us we still have a about 2 billion people left to bring online but we've got 5 billion out of 7 billion humans are online wow. now. It's yeah. pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Like I mean and I remember a time when <laughs> like, there was this website which when there was a website that listed all the new websites that were gone live that day. Like, that was like that was the early days, right? So we've really made a lot of progress. So we're 5 billion people mm. connected like we've never been connected before. And what we have is we do have an opportunity to understand how unique and special mm-hmm. each of us is. And what I love about the 21st century is that things like TikTok and Facebook and all the different platforms what they really do is they they drive home this constant sense of human mm-hmm. diversity. And you I don't know if you've heard I I have this other podcast in the series um I don't know how many episodes ago we did this I don't it remind me if you know Randy but it's probably 100 episodes ago where I go bananas on personas. And I think personas which are something that companies have used for a long time and marketers have used are evil because the personas create stereotypes um that never include any of the stuff we're talking about mm. right now and are very sort of typecast and stereotyped and create a really artificial understanding of who you're talking to the reality is we're talking to individuals and they all have different values identities moments that they're experiencing and what we need to do uh, as marketers as companies and as individuals is discover those moments and values and identities and connect with those and that's how you connect with other people but they're all unique and this understanding of the incredible diversity of human nature uh, also i think helps us become a lot less uh nation state oriented becomes harder to be uh racist because you can't take an entire group of people and say they're all the same because they're not all the same and so and i think getting away from stereotypes and getting away from this mass categorization of people which is just a sloppy way of thinking um really does change stuff and i do think what what we've see today uh across all these different social networks has allowed people to understand and connect with other human beings in a way we've never been able to do before and to see that you know what it's all we're all different and and you know what that's yeah. amazing no i i that's very beautifully put in uh and i just want to add like a little bit of a yogic spin to it and you know in terms of yogic philosophy yoga means union and i think it's an opportunity to mm. 
uh, be in harmony with yourself. All right, Neha. So this has been an interesting discussion and we touched on some super, super touchy issues. And I love that we can do that together. So that is, I think that's very special. Uh, and we'll maybe kind of, maybe we can come back to the, uh, these issues again in the future. So I'd like to keep pushing on them. But right now, I feel like we need a harmony <laughs> yeah. breath. You mentioned harmony yeah. a few times. So is there, is that a thing? Like, is there a harmony breath or a breath that you would think of as like, what you would sort of associate with creating harmony internally in myself. And, and, you know, the thinking and the thought I want to leave us with is we're all different. We're all special. And that's the cool thing about humans. And you know what? It's okay if that person's different from you, because you know what? You're different mm -hmm. from them and just find something in common or don't. Cause there's lots of other people out there. It's uh, lots of people there. And so amongst the 7 billion people on the planet, there's someone who you can probably have some fun times with. Find that person. And you know what? Today, you can find that person. All right. So what's the harmony breath that makes me sort of accept that and feel... By the way, first of all, like, thank you for sharing. This was beautiful. I had no idea you'd gone through all of that. So I'm more intrigued and want to learn so much more about you. Um, so yeah, I, I one of the breaths that I really like is the oceanic breath. It's simple. You can do it standing up. You don't need to sit down. You can do it anytime. And it, it brings harmony between the mind, the body, and your emotions. So why don't we do that? And it's very quick and easy. Okay. okay? I'm ready to go. So for those of you who didn't, you know, may have uh, missed the previous episode, the oceanic breath is very, very simple. It sounds like the ocean. When we're normally breathing, uh, the emphasis is on the nose. And when we do the oceanic breath, just like grad sounding, it sounds like the ocean and the emphasis is on the back of the throat. So um, how, how does that feel? You, you're trying to make the sound. So in case you're wondering how to do that, just whisper hello with me. Hello. Hello. So you notice that slight tension in the back of your throat as you're whispering. Now whisper hello with your mouth closed. That's it. And now whisper hello as you're breathing in with your mouth closed. Great, you got it. So let's start with your eyes closed. Stand up nice and tall. Feet firmly planted on the ground. Bring your attention to your heart region. Take a deep breath into the belly, into the chest. And just exhale through the mouth. Let it go. And for the oceanic breath on my count through the nose, breathe in. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four. Five, six, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six. Breathe in, continue. Keep the body relaxed. Do not tense the body as you're breathing in. And as you breathe out, keep your full focus on the breath. Pull your navel in, breathe out for a little longer. And continue for a few more rounds. Breathe in. 
Last three rounds. Breathe in. Breathe out. In. Two. Three. Four. Out. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. In. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four, five, six. And relax. Let the breath return to normal. Keep your eyes closed for a moment, and just bring your attention inwards, and just feeling proud of who you are, and all the gifts you've been endowed with. and just with this confidence that you have a unique purpose a unique talent and a unique streak of human experience that you bring to this planet breathe in and as you breathe out you can slowly open the eyes and be you okay <laughs> that's like with your eyes in the camera <laughs> oh man that was awesome thank you wow. so much All right. Well, that's it for another week. That was a that was a good one. Uh we're going to be back next week. And uh thank you very much Neha, the breath yogi, and for the CXM experience. I am Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and we will see you next week.